The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the EMEA editor at Provoke, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Viroslava Novosinya, the founder and CEO of Ukrainian PR agency Slovatech PR. As the war in Ukraine continues past the first anniversary of Russia's invasion, Vera is here to talk to me about her own experiences of the past year, how PR and communications has changed in Ukraine, and how communications professionals around the world can continue to sort, support the people of Ukraine. Vera, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Maya, uh, for inviting me to be in this podcast. I will be happy to share uh, all our experience through this year. Thank you. Um, I, I'm honoured to be speaking to you. I'm sure you've got um, plenty of other things to be doing. How are you doing today? I'm super fine. Thank you. So can you tell us um, a bit about your life and your career in the run up to the events of last February? Um, I started my career in a young age, maybe I was 19 or 20. Uh, I started as public relations specialist and then uh, uh, I opened my own agency very fast, uh, maybe in age 20, 21. Uh, it, uh, it's my agency that I have right now. Uh, we, foc uh, we focus on uh, tech business. We help tech startups, uh, IT companies, uh, VC uh, to be seen by uh, international uh, media uh to find uh, their voices to find their stories uh, to tell right now uh, uh the agency uh, we started the agency in 2013 so right now it's like nine years have already and uh, we are the first agency for tech companies uh, in ukraine and has remained uh, one of the leading uh since uh, and we work uh, in 12 countries right now, so we are quite an uh, international agency. Uh, we work in the USA, in UK, in Spain, in uh, Israel, Germany, so around the world. So you've got, you had this thriving, um, successful tech PR agency. At the, at the start of the war, when Russia invaded, what happened to the agency and your team and the, and the type of work you were doing in the very early days? Um, most of our team is based in Ukraine, uh, only a few managers uh, and me, uh, we are in, in Europe, uh, so from the first days, uh, our team uh, were staying in shelters, uh, villages and traffic jams, I remember the first day uh, when, the star, when uh, the war started, I woke up from the SMS from my, uh, from my team that uh, they uh, they are in the bomble shelters and uh, the war uh, came to Ukraine. Uh, we were totally frustrated uh, with this uh, with this news. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, the main thing for us was uh, uh, to find a safety place for for the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, for our clients, it was the, the main thing for all our colleagues. So we just... Uh, focus on this, uh, but of course, as a public relation uh, specialist, and we understood that it's a, a hybrid war. It's not only about the tanks and soldiers, it's about informational war. So uh, we decided to 
uh, to share the news about what's going on in Ukraine around the world. Uh, and uh, we had a very big uh, media journalist uh, base uh, with whom we worked mostly uh, um, telling stories about tech startups, but um, we decided to use this base for uh, sharing the news. Um, and um, I remember that moment, uh, my, uh, uh, my team member, my colleague, my partner, uh, Lera, she was in Bumble shelter, so she didn't uh, have any uh, internet connection. Uh, and they said we need to we need to share a press release that uh, about the war, and she start to she started to write press release on phone, and sending me uh, the the parts of the press release uh, by SMS, wow. and I was gathering these SMSs to one press release after, and sending to media base because I was in uh, Europe. Uh, it was it, like this. It was our first uh, days. Uh, we uh, we understood that we need to fight uh, Russian propaganda and and uh, and we need to um, we need to keep uh, media informed about what's going on. Uh, and we started to uh, we started to cooperate with uh, international NG agencies around the world. We gathered more with the partners, uh, more than uh, 180 agencies, uh, and the international community helped us a lot. Uh, they uh, we sent we sent um, we sent them uh, our news, uh, and they were sent it uh, to their journalists so like we had we covered more than 200 stories for the first month this is like this oh wow that's that's incredible that's quite i mean that that's sort of unimaginable for for most people in in europe which is of course where you are about the how you had to function but it was amazing wasn't it in those early days how that ukraine communication support network Kind of sprung into action and i know you also um uh you also have another coalition or uh, called the the public relations army which is a, a group of communications expert in the ukraine can you tell me a bit about the work you've been doing with that organization uh yes yeah, thank you thank you for this question uh, <clears throat> after two weeks of uh doing uh uh of trying to to share the news around the world we understood that it's quite complicated to do everything by uh, our own we need to fact uh, we need to do fact checking we need to find the experts we need to find the quotes so it's a huge massive work and at this time uh, i have already used it uh, from the first days of uh, of the war uh, uh we start uh, we um uh, so, sorry, I will restart this uh, sentence. I have already uh, used it from the first days uh, of the war. Uh, there were the public relations army. Uh, it was uh, created from the first days, maybe even at, uh, at first day. It's a coalition of communication experts uh, working to straighten the presence of Ukraine and Ukrainians in the global information space. Uh, and I joined the team uh, to help um, uh, to unite our forces uh, and to help to uh, to help spread uh, the truth around the world and to fight uh, Russian uh, propaganda. Mm. 
Uh, it's an NGO uh, and it's a volunteer, totally volunteer organization. And for us, it's uh, quite uh, important right now to to, to help Ukrainian Ukrainian voices uh, be uh, heard around the world, uh, because um, you know that. Uh, when uh, journalists cover some news, uh, they uh, they can uh, ask a lot of experts, but sometimes they uh, don't ask Ukrainian voices. Mm. And uh, that's why uh, we try to we, we find a lot of Ukrainian experts that co who can uh, who can speak about uh, uh, about everything what's going on in Ukraine, about army, about Mariupol, uh, Azovstal, uh, about uh, nuclear everything i mean everything that's in the top of the news right now uh, and yesterday we had the press conferences uh, about this uh, uh, we launched uh, the voices of freedom platform uh, and uh, thank you maria for joining this uh, press conferences by the way it was a, it was a pleasure it was amazing to hear the, what you've all been up to i was really struck by two things the first the enormous amount of effort that has to go into fighting Russian propaganda, misinformation and disinformation and the amount of data um, that you have, you know, backing up uh, what makes a credible expert source, how you're finding real witnesses for the world's media. And then there was this very, the very casual comment uh, 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 by the, by the host of the press conference, just saying, oh, you know, if the air raid siren's gone and some of you need to go into shelters or you're already in shelters. And it's just like, that's just become your, that's just your reality now. And 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 the the reality and, and life of, of communications professionals in Ukraine. And do you feel you've, have you all adapted? Has it had a, has it, what effect has it had on you having to work under those conditions? Um, Good question, Maya. So it doesn't just its effect uh, this affected a lot our work, uh, but uh, I think that uh, but we are so effective uh, and adaptive. Mm. Uh, not only my agency, but all the communication specialists, all the uh, mostly tech industry with uh, with which I work. So I know a little bit more about tech and less about others. Uh, and this um, adaptive skill helps us uh, a lot. Uh, for example. Um, if to speak about uh, about my agency, uh, my uh, my team, which in Ukraine, they work uh, in co-working, uh, creative state in the center of Kiev, mm. and uh, uh, this co-working has a bumble shelter uh, with uh, internet connection with uh, uh, with generators, uh, everything that uh, they uh, can. Uh, can, can uh, everything that they need, they have in the space. So uh, we we are be sure that uh, even if it will be uh, alarm in Ukraine, uh, they uh, even if they will be in bomb shelters, uh, they can proceed to work. I I you know when I speaking about this, I understand how crazy is it. Yeah. <laughs> but I try to be a bit, all of all of us try to be effective and rational, yes, because we need to work and we need to do our job. It's just a, it's just amazing how how you've adapted. Tell me in a kind of a broader way, how has the business environment changed in Ukraine over the past year? Uh, 
um, I can say that if to speak up again about the tech industry, mm -hmm. uh, it's I think that uh, I'm sure that it's grown, shown grown, and uh, I know that uh, it even brought six million uh, to the Ukrainian economy. And uh, most of the company adapted to the new realities. Uh, partially, they uh, relocated to other parts of Ukraine. Some to uh, some uh, some companies relocated to, um, to to another countries, like for example Poland or Portugal. But they um, uh, they 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 work and, uh, and adapt to this uh, situation. Uh, because we are, I would like to say that it's very important to keep eco economic front mm. uh, and uh, to help to help country. And uh, of course, uh, sadly, but uh, about uh, like a lot of Ukrainian uh, like uh, um, representatives from the cultural and creative sector, of course, right now abroad mm -hmm. because they can um, they can work uh, remotely. And uh, because they are um, mo they are mostly represented uh, by women also, yeah. Because you know that in public relation and communication, um, there is uh, a little bit disbalance. Yeah. Uh, and you know that uh, men uh, right now they can't leave uh, country; they need to stay in Ukraine. Uh, but women can, so we have this uh, we have this uh, little shift. That's incredible. So the most of the men have stayed in the country, presumably in, including to fight, and your the women are allowed to leave and can carry on running businesses and, and working remotely. That's that must have been quite a shift for your team. Yes, it's uh, it's quite it's quite huge because um uh if you speak about our clients, uh technological startups. Uh, it's uh, a lot of changes uh, in their teams uh, because uh, some of our clients uh, went uh, to to the army. Uh, for example, one of the startups, uh, Finmap, uh, uh, one of the co-founders right now in combat, and uh, another one uh, is he's leading uh, all the startup uh, right now, uh, and uh, it's it's quite a story here, mm. you know. When, <laughs> um, when you can, uh, when you understand that one year ago, uh, one of the co-founders were, uh, one of the co-founders just pitched to the investors about the new investment round, and one year after he's in combat, it's just, uh, just crazy, and uh, there are a lot of stories like this. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. It's really it's really hard to imagine what you've all gone through. How has communications shifted over this time? Uh, we have uh, one of the most interesting things um, that uh, happening in communication. If you speak only not only about public relation, but uh, I mean all the communication, advertising, all the sphere. For example, um, from the first days of the war, right now we have uh, United uh, TV Broadcasting. So we have just one TV broadcasting. We have uh, all the TV channels. Uh, works work right now uh, together. I think it's quite uh, uh, it's quite interesting for uh, for the industry. They decided uh, they decided to do it because of uh, um, just to keep uh, um, to keep 
all the people uh, 24 hours uh, informed. Uh, and also, uh, you know, it, uh, before it was uh, competitors and now they work together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can just yeah. imagine creative channels. And uh, two days, uh, several days before, I uh, watched just a movie. Um, uh, my my friend, she's TV host uh, in one of the TV channels, TV. She's, uh, she was uh, her husband. Um, uh, they made the movie about informational soldiers. Mm. Uh, and they are just and they covering uh, this story about how a TV um, journalist work now. It's quite quite interesting. Um, <laughs> my husband, uh, he's French. He was just uh, for, for him. It was very inter it, it was just uh, incredible to watch how our industry work in Ukraine. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's amazing to see how that is all working behind the scenes. Has the way that the government um, has communicated change i mean zelensky's you know been held up as a as a you know a, a real idol for how to communicate as a as a state leader has, has the way that the ukrainian government and the state sector communicates changed um uh yes it's uh, changed uh, a lot uh we can see um we can see a lot of uh we, we can see the communication in uh uh, all channels, for example, like Telegram, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, everywhere. And the uh, formats right now are short. Uh, it's almost uh, videos about the latest news, uh, guidelines, instructions, infographics. I mean, very short and very, um, uh, very uh, targeted. Yeah. Because of there's no time for doing the big stories. No, absolutely. And how is how is social media being used as a as a platform? Uh, right now, interesting thing. I know that, uh, for example, Twitter is not very. Uh, it was not uh, very popular in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, all around all the uh, all the people. But right now, I can say that uh, Twitter started to be for uh, started to be as an important platform for uh, communication. Mm -hmm. And uh, for government and for civilians, uh, for example, you can uh, you can read in um, in Twitter uh, our Minister of uh, Digital Transformation, Mikhail Fedorov, uh, and uh, his Twitter are really uh, interesting to follow. Um, and what about in the change in the messages from brands and the way they're communicating? I mean, obviously, it's not very much not business as usual. Have they changed their focus to maybe more humanitarian messages, talking more about their their purpose, their challenges, and what they're what they're doing in the country? <laughs> that will change too. Um, yes, uh, it's totally correct. Uh, it's it's true. Uh, all the businesses um, tell the real stories behind now. Uh, it's not a, now. It's not about uh, about the, who is uh, the biggest company in the market, who uh, who is doing more revenue, uh, etc. Now the story about uh, more about uh, how they um, help their. Uh, team members about how they provide uh, safety conditions mm. uh, about how they uh, um, how they work with all these challenges 
uh, even you can see how companies start to to make some uh, jokes uh, with each other in Twitter. <laughs> you know, like one brand yeah. have jokes with another brand speaking about the situation. It's uh, it's quite uh, intense. So that well, I mean, yeah, I imagine that the intensity of it means that it it might seem a silly question, but the, there's still room for humor in in those communications in very dark times. Uh, yes, I think that now we have more um, uh, jokes than before uh, and memes. Uh, it's just, I think it helps us uh, to cope uh, with, the, with the situation. And uh, because of really uh, the situations, uh, the, the, to live, uh, uh, to have business during the war, to leave this time during the war, we need to find uh, something to, mm. uh, something to smile. Yeah, uh, the time I could, I can, I can quite imagine. And just going back to brands communications and and the and the kind of the messaging. I mean, I imagine it's impossible to not talk about things that are political now uh, as a brand who has any connection with or involvement in Ukraine. That 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 must have been a change as well. Uh, yes, um, now the, uh, it's impossible to be uh, to say I'm a political or I don't want to speak about politics. Can you give me some um, examples or case studies of what Ukrainian companies have done to support the country in the past year? Yes, of course. Companies like uh, Better Me, uh, Genesis, Absomix, uh, TA Ventures, uh, they, uh, they launch uh, a lot of uh, their uh funds to to help uh, ukrainian army or about uh, the tanks uh, or some armory to ventures launched a charity project one car project to help uh, the families uh and uh, if we speak about the the government uh, they launch united 24 platform uh to uh, so they involve all the ambassadors around the world to speak about uh, Ukraine, uh, for example, Timothy Schneider or Andriy Shevchenko uh, or uh, Demna Gvasaria, Balenciaga's creative uh, director. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, interesting stories, uh, by the way, uh, just to remind, is uh, about Ukrainian charity fund, uh, Come Back uh, Alive. Uh, they, for example, they raised in three days, uh, like more than sixteen million dollars for uh, to buy three barakhtars. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, barakhtar uh, knew uh, about uh, all this uh, campaign. But in, uh, I mean, it's just uh, uh, general people uh gave this money to the for barakhtars i mean for 20 grivna 30 grivna everyone every everyone uh, around the country uh, and then barakhtar uh, used a story about this and they uh and they just uh, gave uh gave us these barakhtars and uh, if i knew come back alive use this money to buy a satellite can you give me some other examples of how Ukrainian companies are playing a part in the war? Um, yes, uh, we have 
um, the huge volunteers movement from the beginning of the war and still uh, all the companies uh, keep doing the same. Uh, for example, we have uh, we, I have already thought about public relations army, but also we have cyber army, uh, IT army, uh, SMM, digital army, all the armies, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, volunteers. Uh, for example, Haken uh, is a cybersecurity company. They took part in the IT army and initiated attacks on uh, Russian services and websites uh, and uh, put their system on the line. Uh, so you know what they uh, what they did during their happy hours <laughs> when they they just uh, attack Russian services. Uh, about uh, FinMap, I have already told you that uh, one of the co-founders uh, uh, started to uh, started serving armed forces, and FinMap uh, all the time they uh, gather fundings uh, to to help uh, to help army and to, to help uh, to help uh, another co-founder. Uh, uh, the Oklahoma passenger, for example, transformation service uh, continued to operate in Ukrainian cities during the first months, helping drivers find fuel, paying for volunteer travel. Uh, Preply, uh, the platform for, uh, for tutors, uh, they uh, initiated free foreign language courses for Ukrainians who were forced to move. Uh, Magpo has created Spybuster, an app that helps to find programs and websites uh, with servers uh, in Russia and Belarus. Uh, a lot of companies, IT companies, launched uh, NFT companies for uh, NFT campaigns to to gather fundings. Uh, for example, Ubisoft, you uh, gather like crypto Kozaks, uh, and uh, etc. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a there's the guy on Twitter at the moment who runs the Ukrainian rail service and tweets every day about how what percentage of trains are still running on time. And in the UK, we are in awe of that because more trains are still running on time in Ukraine than there are in the UK even yes. during a war, which is which is amazing how well everyone's kind of adapted and is just kind of keeping going. Um, yeah, that's 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 very that was very like how are they how are they keeping their trains going on time? <laughs> so tell me about like different sectors of PR, like product PR, um, uh, executive profiling, all the different bits of the of the PR industry. How how's the focus of of different elements of public relations changed over the past year? Uh, we we had a lot of changes. And uh, but uh, by the way, I think that uh, um, the changes that we have is for the best mm -hmm. uh, because we started to be a, a fast, uh, uh, more effective for clients. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, my team, uh, Slovak PR, they made a credible job. So, uh, for example, uh, if you speak about the employer branding and HRPR, if before uh, we told stories about the uh, career cases, for example, to to mass media, or uh, about uh, some corporate atmosphere inside uh, inside the team, 
it's it, we still can tell the stories, but uh, more interesting uh, and more uh, efficient uh, uh, when company uh, tell about uh, how they uh, uh, how they make the places uh, safety uh, if they if uh, how they uh give the for example how they keep connection uh if they buying sterlings generators if they have bumble shelters or the room for kids because uh, now it's better to keep all the family uh together so right now it's more about the work conditions table connection and about corporate volunteering because corporate volunteering is the must right now mm. it's like it's very important yeah, I, 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 there's, there's such a different balance of work now, I guess, in the country in terms of communications and, and PR. What have you learned from the experience um, as a professional and as a uh, human being? Uh, it's uh, to answer your question. It's more about to uh, adapt quickly to to respect uh, client uh, uh, colleagues, everyone to understand that uh, if uh, someone reacts uh, or doesn't uh, answer, maybe there there are some conditions, and we need just to be humans mm -hmm. sometimes, just to support uh, each other to say, hey, how are you? Everything is fine. Do you need anything? Mm. Uh, right now, human relations are so important. We we stop to be so you know so corporate. I mean, just uh, uh, just like sending each other formal messages. We become much more uh, closer, and we are really for for all of us very. In, it's very important to know that another person in a good place. Uh, and uh, and also it's uh, influence and the communication. I mean, all the stories we have from the company starts to be more uh, like more human. How can we continue to help? How can the international communications community continue to support Ukraine? Now we're in year two of the war, effectively. Obviously, there's the Ukraine Communication Support Network continues its work. What else can we do? Um, the most important thing is to, if to speak about the, all the communication uh, front, uh, it's very important to, to help us to to be here, to to give uh, to give a space <laughs> to speak. We can say uh, we can say like this. Uh, it's if to speak about this side. Another side, it's a business side. Uh, we need to we need to build our uh, our company. We uh, all the public relation agencies uh, needs to have uh, new clients. So if you are thinking about uh, to hire new agency or specialist, maybe uh, you can look also uh, into Ukrainian agencies uh, because are they are really high professional to tell the truth. Vero, thank you so much for your time and insight today and for sharing your experiences um, with us. The way you've all adapted and your resilience is, is completely astonishing. And, uh, you know, we wish you and your colleagues all the best for, for the future as you, you, you carry on the fight. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, I... Uh... 
it was a big pleasure to speak uh, to speak today and to share uh, all the insights. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.